Hi, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. As we come to the close of our apologetic series, we've talked about evidentialism, this approach to apologetics that observes evidences, and how sometimes it's fruitless, but it can be at times fruitful. The problem with evidentialism is that the skeptic is already surrounded by an abundance of evidence. Another problem with evidentialism is that it presupposes that the skeptic is in the judge's seat. To whom do you present evidence? when you present evidence. You present it to a jury and a judge. But the problem is your skeptical friend is not sitting there with the black robe and the gavel in hand at the judge's seat. He's at the accused table. He is found guilty. He's not in the judge's seat. Who are we as skeptics to look at God and say like, all right, God, let's see if you exist. Let's see if you can convince me enough. Like, no. You and I will be judged by God. So don't provide evidence upon evidence that's never going to be a sufficient amount of evidence because there already is more than ample evidence. In fact, Romans 1 says that we're without excuse. There is a form of the argument for God's existence that has, strictly speaking, yet to be defeated in formal debate, and it is the cosmological argument. Now, the, the form of the cosmological argument that is most acceptable within academia is the Kalam cosmological argument. It begins with a K, K-A-L-A-M. It's actually named after a Muslim theologian. Now, Kalam basically re-articulated Hebrews 11.6 and Hebrews 11.3, uh, but he did it centuries after Apollos, I think, wrote Hebrews. But nonetheless, because it's named after a Muslim, it's more acceptable in academia. It's more acceptable in secular circles. It's arguing for the same thing, and that should kind of tell us something. It is indisputable. It is irrefutable. Nothing comes from nothing. That is true. Everything that exists has a cause. The universe exists, therefore the universe has a cause. That's the Kalam cosmological argument. Everything that exists has a cause. The universe exists, therefore the universe has a cause. It's true and it's sound, but it's not complete. It makes deists of people. Now, I've personally seen this argument used by God to dismantle the foundation of the wall around a skeptic's heart and then brick by brick dismantle the rest. So it's not without merit. I've seen it bear evangelistic fruit, but it's not complete if you stop there. We're not called to make deists of all nations. We're called to make disciples of Jesus Christ. The fact that this argument is named after a Muslim should tell you something. Muslims agree with the cosmological argument. Demons agree with the cosmological argument. Everyone in hell agrees with the cosmological argument, so it's not sufficient. Don't stop there. Rather, I would recommend presenting Hebrews 11. Okay, Hebrews 11.3, by faith. You hear that? That's unavoidable in Christian apologetics. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. Cool factoid for you, there's, a, there's research underway that presupposes all the matter of the universe began as sound waves, that at their very core and their origin, they began as sound. How cool is that? I hope that study moves forward because what you're seeing then is evidence of everything formed by the word of God the very voice of God, let there be light. And here we are. It's a cool factoid, it's worth, it's worth discussing. But when you use the cosmological argument, do not stop there. You have thoroughly described the water in which your skeptical friend is drowning. Now it's time to actually throw a, uh, throw a life ring by faith in Jesus Christ. 
Don't stop short of the gospel. Don't ever stop short of the gospel. Don't ever stop short of the gospel. The Kalam cosmological argument is fruitless apologetics when left on its own. It can be fruitful if you take people to the gospel. Are you ready? Go.